1: of the hour two of the Medical Report. This is Thursday, the 28th of December, and we have Larry Pratt here, founder of the Gun Owners of America. I'm a California GOA member, and I can tell you they've made some progress, but there's still things to be done for GOA and for the privacy rights and protection rights. Uh, the I was in Vegas uh, a week ago, and there's still mom, even the hotel people and the other people in the area that live there, including friends I know that live in Vegas, on... Uh, All the answers to the anomalies, the first thing that's really unusual, which is not unusual at all, it's actually almost a guarantee, all these mass murders occurred in gun-free zones, uh, including the Mandalay Bay Area and in Vegas. So, uh, duh, I remember when my relatives who were from uh, Dearborn, Michigan, they came up years ago to my home back in in the 1960s and 30s, 70s, and when they visited... One of the visits they came, they actually came out from Detroit. They said, you know, these are first cousins of mine, my father's brothers the kids, that one of them was actually in a bank where the bank robbers came in, armed to the teeth with masks on and guns blazing. And there happened to be a grandmother there, 77 years of age, who had a holster on with sidearms sticking right out, you know, open carry. She had her sidearm guns right there in the bank. And uh, they received to try to tell the bank tellers to get down on the ground, and they were going to shoot the place up. She just whooped out her guns and said, boom, 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 and she killed all five of them. And, and the police the came by. They weren't, they,
2: very, uh, they weren't very observant because no, the they, they were not carrying, <laughs> especially
1: more than one side well, on? they, they must have yeah. thought that she was a bit of an idiot, that she was there after a gun uh, show. And by the way, when women get trained how to use handguns, they're usually more accurate than males. Now, males now are better. you know, is the, absolutely which is true. Which is true. Now, now, in terms of heavy guns, you know, you're talking about a big gun and you got a, a sniper. Men are better at that, especially if they're properly trained. But handguns, uh, women beat men uh, by a fairly large margin. And uh, that's, I think, kind of funny. So when these other things happened, number one, there was several things. Firstly, the concealed carry thing, I think that's proceeding forward. It went through Congress. I think it has to go through Senate to be ratified. We want to make sure it's not tied to what's called a concealed carry background check. Now, here's the difference. I believe in the three M's, metadata, money, and mental health. If you're on a crazy drug like Jack, if you are bought a whole lot of bomb materials because you're going to make pipe bombs, if you've got metadata that indicates you're communicating with ISIS or you're, you're kind of crazy and you're putting up on social media, the intel agency should pay you a visit. But that doesn't require a background check to say, hey, you know, you've got 50 guns, you belong to a gun club, they're all safely stored, uh, you've never had an incident with the law. Uh, it's none of their business what kind of guns you carry. None. And the problem is, you see, that one of the few things that keeps the government in check, especially very powerful government like America that soon will have killer autonomously robots and drones all over the place like L.A., the only thing that keeps the government in check is us. Where are they, you know, if to talk about, if you won't have a First Amendment if you don't have a Second. Let's put it that way.
2: <laughs> very, very, very much the case, and that was one of the things that uh, we we had learned for a good long while after our war for independence. The Brits, uh, yeah, they were after collecting taxes that uh, they hadn't uh, any entitlement to. They hadn't allowed the the colonial legislatures to enact those taxes but it was that wasn't what really would have made us an independent country It wouldn't have driven us to the point of arms had it not been that british troops thought that in the name of collecting those taxes they were entitled to know anything and everything that americans were doing and they took it to using What at the time were called writs of assistance. Today we call them general search warrants. Not specific to place, not specific to time. And they would just come barging into your business or your home. God help your wife if she were there alone. Uh, And they would do whatever they wanted. Tear the place up. uh, Molest the women and uh, that really got under people's skin Uh, yeah the taxes were onerous and bothersome and could well have eventually led to a a point of outbreak but what really pushed us over the edge was let's figure what was going on at at lexington and the battle later on in the day in concord massachusetts it wasn't they weren't there to collect taxes they were there to grab guns
1: (laughs) right yeah well the, the problem is, you see, and one of the things that I mentioned, because I'm a bit of an inventor, I'm actually getting patents together and I'm going to give instructional courses and video how to make other than gun technology. For example, you can have these little balls that contain a knockdown uh, gas agent in the balls, and this little gun can be like an air-compressed uh, gun. And it'll hit, if, As soon as a ball hits you, hits your chest or the central of your body. It will just knock you to the ground. It's a knockdown agent. You have uh, LRAD can. They have these giant ones on the top of... Uh, of uh, Humvees, but you can make a simple one in, with uh, a parabolic reflector with subsonic uh, uh, high-energy sound that will knock you to the ground, you know, 150 yards away, 200 yards away. Uh, there's all kinds of technologies, ball-bearing accelerator weapons, uh, all kinds of technology. And the problem is, you see, we should expand the use of non-lethal force for the police forces. By the way, the police, this is one of the things that I have, got into my craw recently, the police need to have better training. You need better protection so that if they come against criminals that have really advanced weapons, they have the body armor to protect them, the vehicles to protect them, but they also have to have non-lethal weapons. So they don't just come storming in wanting to hit a SWAT team with canine groups. They maybe have somebody who's a mediator and then a backup is the SWAT team.
2: I think that's a a concept that we've lost track of. Initially, the SWAT team was viewed as something to be used in an exceptional circumstance. Now now it's reflex. Yeah, yeah, it's the way you collect parking tickets that are overdue now. Uh, The purpose ought to be if a life is in danger, if there's a hostage situation would typically be the case, then you employ a SWAT team, yeah. then you uh, employ snipers and use of deadly well, force of, of that sort.
1: Right. Now, one of the things is there's good and bad of what Trump did when he allowed the police to start buying weapon systems that came out of the Gulf War and uh, Afghanistan and so on. The bad side is that we've actually turned our, our police into paramilitary with advanced weapons to go after regular citizens. Now, there's always a pushback. If they start deploying that regularly, they're going to have a pushback by citizens that will basically kill them out of the bathroom window and be able to find ways of getting beyond their so-called impervious body armor or whatever the hell you're using. So what I want to see is I want to say, okay, I want the police to be able to match the weapons levels if you have a a crazy gang like MS-13. But on the other hand, I want them to interact with the public like, hey, we're here to help you. We're not here to blow your head off because you're having an argument with your family. So exactly. uh, what I see happening is the police need to be trained better by, either by mediation, maybe having a psychologist on staff as a police officer. And they also need to have non-lethal weapon systems. So if you want to go and you want to just turn everything off, just send a knockdown agent, not just the gas that actually makes it hard to shoot. that knocks everybody to the ground, and all of a sudden all, everybody's being carted up with zip ties. They're not being shot. They're being carted away to being questioned, and everybody goes to sleep. That's what I want to see. Now, on the other hand, I do not want people getting background checks like me so that I can't have a gun. For example, one of the things that I found out last year, we had a gentleman on, an attorney here in California from Carlsbad, that if you didn't handle your own bills and you came back from, let say, tours of duty or you are in the military for years and your wife handled your bills, you you, wouldn't, you were not prepared to buy ammo or have a gun. They're saying you're mentally deficient if you can't handle your own bills. You
2: know what that, right? Well, you know, no member of Congress then should be allowed to buy a gun because they haven't balanced the budget, and who knows how long.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, in fact, the the, uh, the business of America is being run for the first time that's by somebody competent. Grow the business, the expenses become a smaller fraction. So don't worry about the 1.5 trillion. I think Trump could went as far as he could, although he should have given uh, more permanency to the to the tax break for the citizens, so it doesn't go, go south in 2025. But I think what's happening is uh, Trump is going to have the following things happen. Uh, number one, I expect the concealed carry issue to get passed. So Hopefully. That. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's about Hopefully. I think the militarization of the police is good and they can match the weapons of the bad guys, but I don't want them to use it against regular citizens or turn us into a police state with bearcats running all over the place. It should be the last measure, not the first yeah, measure. Yeah, unfortunately, some of these guys like these new toys, and they figure, well, we're the military police. We'll get you. <laughs> Predictions for 2018, any specific ones, because we're not there yet, but we're moving toward the idea of concealed carry without any attachments. Uh, there's also uh, some, some other laws. I think we need to have um, the popularization in the police forces of non-lethal weapons and make sure they have the proper vehicles. Like, if you don't have a vehicle that cannot be penetrated by a high-velocity bullet from, a, say, MS-13, why would you be foolish enough to go into a territory and police it if your vehicle could be blown up or shot through? by high-velocity weapons from the other side. I think it's, are we asking people to be brain-dead to go into police areas where they're going to die if they go into a kill zone? Uh, That's crazy, isn't it?
2: That's a very good point. Um, It it shows that uh, perhaps there's not that much regard for the police after all. Uh, Those that, uh, well, there's a lot of people that like to criticize them and accuse them of really terrible things, and yet they would use them to collect over to parking tickets with a SWAT team. And I'm uh, not speaking hyperbolically. You probably know the circumstances at least as well as I about, I believe she was a teacher in California who looked outside her domicile one day, and there's a whole bunch of SWAT team deployed around, and it turns out they were there to collect a uh some overdue fines that she owed and uh that's just uh, a little bit over the top and i think they need to be able to well, recognize
1: we, you don't want an adversarial relationship with the police i believe in the an extension like for example with koa i recommended before we've been on the air we should have a civilian militia that's signed up through the sheriff the sheriff and then has a database system to then, if you've got a police officer entrapped or some situation that's way out of control or a natural disaster, they can call in the civilian militia to come in and assist. So if you're in Chicago and, the, and you had a the advantage you know, of the GPS ward, yeah, that, that yeah. would help a lot, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, well, and, and he's elected. He's not some guy that uh, nobody knows quite how he got the job 3,000 miles away in Washington. He's the guy that uh, uh, you voted for or against, but you'll get another crack at that apple uh, within the next uh, four years, usually at most. And that's the way our country was designed. That's the way it ought to operate. And the idea of having professional, bureaucratized police that are not accountable to anyone, not
1: even an elected sheriff, there's where we're going off the rails. Well, one of the things I've seen is what's called federalization of cities and towns. Where the federal government's come in and they become the master over the police force and the police force are turned into civilian uh, kind of a war machine literally ready to crush the public and so there's not collaboration so when you hear people like the you know these protests of people wearing socks with pigs on it and so on there's a, a shred of truth there because especially in black and hispanic communities where there's high amounts of criminal activity black on black crime and black on black murder uh, yeah, the police act like pigs. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if they were properly trained and equipped, they wouldn't feel fearful or come in there like you know a war force coming in to crush the public and kill civilians. Like I saw a video just a couple weeks ago about a guy that was kind of like out of it drunk, and this is in Vegas, and they told him to do this and do that and the police officer calling out these commands and eventually shot the man dead sitting on the floor in a hallway. He may have been getting conflicting commands as well. He was. I, I listened to them because it was on uh-huh. one of these, he had one of these, uh, uh, should be, uh, recording systems on the police officer where they, and I'm thinking the police officer there was acting like, like he was a psychotic overlord from the, from, you know, from Star Wars. He was like, oh my gosh, we, this guy's obviously not with it you're talking to. He said, do this, do that. And when he didn't do it exactly the way he wanted to, he just shot him dead. Didn't do anything. move like he had a weapon or anything. He just shot him. Well, that's the kind of thing that puts the police in extreme danger. And if there ever is a disaster, a national disaster, something where the police have to try to control the public who are losing it, uh, if there's not collaboration, it actually puts us all in danger. See, I think guns and collaboration uh, properly, for example, that's why all these big mass killings have happened in no-gun zones or in places where the police aren't respected because the interaction with the public is not good. If we had black mamas with gun training and weapons and their sons, uh, and they could protect the kids so they don't have to go into a gang going back and forth to school, we'd have black kids going in to get Ph.D.s in physics and being dentists and doctors and running their own businesses, and the inner cities would bloom. But that doesn't happen because of social policy by the left. That's why every community that's been run by the Democrats has gone down the toilet, hasn't it? Isn't that,
2: there's just about no exception that I can think of. You, You talk about a large urban area, almost always it'll be governed by the Democrats. And when it is, that's where crime is out of control. That's where families are breaking down. That's where the whole social fabric is in tatters. That's the actual policy, intended or not, of the Democrats. I suspect it may be intended because, uh, after all, those kinds of folks become dependent. And uh, who needs Democrats if you aren't expecting a welfare check?
1: Yeah, I think the idea is they want to stay in power. uh, And they'd rather have a dependent public, which is why they wanted the borders open. This is not helping us. Even, for example, I believe they should let the DACA kids come in. But they have to have strong immigration. They have to have strong vetting. Uh, probably 40-50% of the DACA kids really don't qualify as DACA kids at all. Now, if they well, properly qualify... They're
2: not kids for one thing. <laughs> well, they, a lot they, of them they, they are yeah. 25 and older.
1: Yeah, well, they it doesn't matter what age they are. If they, if they follow the DACA criteria, they haven't done a crime. If you've done a crime and you're a DACA kid, you need to be deported. Um, so, you know, I think the problem is we need strong immigration laws. We need laws where the sheriff and the, and the and the local police authorities can collaborate. And we need to make sure the public are properly armed. I mean, if you go to a public venue and you've got a weapon on you, and uh, they try to start pulling off BS because we know that the, uh, you know, I'm a forensic investigator for medical and non-medical issues. And I can tell you, looking at this paddock thing that happened in Las Vegas, there's so many anomalies about this thing. It's even worse than the uh, Sandy Hook, which is another crazy situation where the closed schools closed for three years. This situation doesn't add up, does it?
2: The only thing that I can tell you
1: that adds up about it is
2: that both of them, as 98% of all the mass murders in our country since 1950, occurred in legally imposed gun-free zones. That is something that we should uh, strive to eliminate immediately and permanently, that's where people are most at risk. That's a Democrat policy. That's where Democrats govern. I can't think of a city in in our country uh, that's that's run by Republicans uh, that has the same kind of problems that Democrat cities do. Uh, Phoenix comes to mind, and it's pretty close to the border, and it has its own share of problems it has to deal with, but it's nothing like Chicago.
1: No, something no. Like, uh, you know, well, so. my, my, my son moved there to uh, Flagstaff, Arizona a month ago, and he's got his, he has got he proper gun training and he's getting his concealed carry uh, gun. Instead, so he tries to pull something off in the shopping center. He's properly trained and has good aim. The person uh, per, per, performing the crime is going to suffer gravely almost instantly. Now, I want to see the public also get non lethal weapons. So the first step is, you know, use a little grace here. Most important thing is neutralize the situation. And then uh, pick up the pieces and start finding out what exactly happened. But good. back in a moment with 2018 predictions, with Larry Pratt, GOA. prediction for 2018 what's going to happen in america to make america safe again to make america protected again to make america not pursue wars or manipulate or try to even protect isis and so on or to allow groups to come in here and and just uh, do their to list stuff like ms-13 i think if we know where all these cells for isis are inside america and i heard there's 10,000 of them if we know where the ms-13 is just go and grab them don't wait till they commit a crime just grab them under War Powers Act. Say, we're at war with you guys. We're grabbing you, and we're going to either permanently imprison you or we're going, going to deport you to a prison of the nation of your origin. I mean, I well, think it's real simple. We need to stop yeah, playing is. with this, don't we? Most of the MS-13 are uh, in the
2: United States illegally. I, I guess some have been born here. But uh, let's start with it. Uh, those that are here illegally. Uh, They can be arrested pronto doesn't you know that in and of itself is prima facie case For you're under arrest. You can't show me legitimate uh, paperwork Uh, You you can't show me how you got here legally Uh, You're coming with me and that would uh, Like any time that the law is enforced when crime has consequences uh, We're going to see an improvement almost immediately in the kind of uh, neighborhoods that people are living in. And their life is going to improve greatly uh, if they can see that the police are targeting uh, the real bad guys and are not just doing random uh, stops uh, uh, that don't have any apparent purpose to them whatsoever. Uh, It's one thing to have stop and frisk. But let's, if we're going to do anything like that, let's make sure that we're really going after bad guys and not just getting our jollies uh, doing it to the general populace because we can.
1: Yeah, it's like when you go to the airport, and some places when you go, they take your shoes off. You know, the guy that, did, that had these wires hanging out of his shoes a few years ago has proven that the shoe bomber and whatever he had would never work because when you, you take um, a C4. You can light it like sterno to heat your, your corn, beans, and hash. If you're in the military, it won't blow up. So this idea, and the same thing with the peroxide bombs that they were saying, well, you don't want to have any fluid coming into the aircraft. This is more garbage. The worst thing you can do is put your hair on fire in the restroom. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like something a, a liberal might do. <laughs> yeah, but the problem, the problem is, you see, I'm a scientist first and a doctor and everything else second. I ask tough questions. And that's why I was at that conference in Las Vegas. i take these doctors from, from Yale and Harvard and other places. At the end of the conference, i get them down, and i start scrumming with all the other doctors, Charlie, and i go, fire, 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 fire. Because uh, people can't keep up with me. I mean, I'm, I'm not being arrogant about this. My greatest deficiency is people don't ask me tough enough questions. So I'm going to ask you today, if you're going to say, Dr. Deagle, what would you do to solve the, the safety problem in America? What would you say?
2: Well, I think I'd start by looking at where we've seen uh, crime get lowered. And every time we've got a jurisdiction where the, the, the average citizen uh, has, made, it has it's been made easier for him to get a gun and to carry a gun, Uh, then we ought to start by pointing to them and say that's the direction we need to be heading in. That should be our legislative goal. So rather than going in the direction of Chicago, let's go in the direction, say, of the 13 states that have no permitting process whatsoever, no governmental involvement whatsoever in who can carry a gun. Even a bad guy in these systems could carry a gun. But he better not do anything wrong because he doesn't know uh, exactly what might happen next. Now, if he's in New York City or Chicago, he knows that probably uh, he's going to be unimpeded unless he sees a cop.
1: Right. So you're talking well, about the Vermont it, effect, I call it, where you know Bernie Sanders yeah. lives in Vermont. But, you know, uh, if you start, you don't know if Grandma's got a gun and has got a good training. To be honest with you, if Grandma's been along to a gun club for 25 years, you don't want to take off Grandma. So you don't know if you go to attack her house and steal her stuff, if it's her or her son or the next-door neighbor's got a gun, so bad things are going to happen. So that that Vermont effect even affects people who don't have guns, doesn't it? It it does indeed. uh,
2: We don't see crime spreading from Vermont into New York City. Uh, If anything, we might see New York City uh, spreading somewhat into Vermont. But that's not that big a problem because in Vermont... Uh, The bad guys know that uh, just what you've mentioned uh, could come and bite them real quickly. And so they tend not to go to commit crimes in places like Vermont. Right. uh, Where they've been able to Uh, carry a gun without permission for almost 100 years now.
1: Right. now was the problem. I'm going to mention a similar country. I lived in both Canada and the United States. My mom was from North Dakota. My dad was from Canada. So the first half of my career I spent in Canada. And I can tell you, having practiced out in Alberta and in rural British Columbia, uh, if you're. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember when I went back from Georgia to Nova Scotia, for example, and one of my patients, I said, well, I, he said, do you want to go rabbit hunting with me? I said, okay, fine. I said, how many guns do you have? I said, maybe three or four. He said, no, I got 40. I said, what do you guys do for the weekend? They made 70,000 rounds of ammunition, 9 millimeter ammunition. He said, my God. He said, well, we went down and bought a, a bullet making machine, and we made 70,000 rounds. I said, Wow. I said, what kind of guns do you guys have? Well, we got right up to anti-aircraft guns. Wow. Okay. Now, these are rational people, that property store, their ammo and everything. And they don't want their kids to get at it. But people have to understand, the Canadian government actually had to stop trying to force people to register their guns because the Canadians, they're not as brash as Americans. They just said, no, we're not doing it, even if the RCMP offices was, was a mile away from their home. They just say to hell with it. Even if their buddy they went golfing with or bowling was the RCMP... They just weren't going to tell them about the fact that they had a lot of guns. In fact, guns that we would consider illegal here, including fully automatic. One of the things that, for example, the Canadian government was fearful of is the Mohawk and the Aquasaski Indians north of Quebec. And I had a home at the uh, Lake Temiskaming, which is a huge lake. It's about 100 some miles long between the border of Quebec and Ontario for years. And I had an Ontario PP uh, uh, officer who was half Algonquin and half Scottish and uh, he, he was a funny guy. He was a character. He and his wife they had a daughter with Down syndrome. So we let them house it for years in that home at no charge. And uh, he told me we were being trained by the Israeli military and by uh, by the Mossad. And they're being trained by the Americans to try to be, to turn their Ontario police force into like a military force. And he said, you know, we would never try to attack the Native peoples, Indians, because he's half Native. He said because. They're armed to the teeth with a lot bigger guns than us. And they said, if we ever tried to take over their reserves north of Quebec City, we die really fast. He said, you know, hmm. uh, we understand hmm. that. And in rural Canada, they have so damn many guns, just like Texans. People just don't talk about it up there. And, uh, well, you know, this is not Brussels or Paris or some stupid country in Europe where they've disarmed them, which is why they don't have representation right now after Brexit. They're trying to pass laws, so they want a, a collective military force, with all the militaries of Europe all collected under one authority, so they don't have any private military anymore, so they can crush any any individual nation state because the nation states dissolve and they have no borders to control the massive immigration of Muslims. So their people are going crazy, the women are getting raped, and it's all because they've disarmed the public and they even want to meld all of their military forces into one European force. To repel maybe Russians, which isn't going to work because the Russians will just nuke them, and uh, and and they're letting this massive immigration of Muslims into rape their women, and it's all over guns. They don't want like the Hungarians are military type people, and they're very aggressive. They they want to close off their borders. The same with the Austrians,
0: but it all comes down to guns.
1: It checks, yes. They all they all are basically same with the polls sending us congratulations to Trump about supporting us, and even the Ukrainians we just gave them tank killing weapons. To prevent the Russians from taking Ukraine. Yeah, Mr. Putin, you, you may not be a grandson, or maybe you are genetically, or maybe spiritually a descendant of Rasputin, but you should not trust Russia. And if you arm our allies, they're not going to be invaded, are they? No, I think uh, that uh, it's such a distinction,
2: and it's a, it's something I'd like to know more about, because the, the Western Europeans who, frankly, didn't suffer the enormous uh, devastation that many of the Central European countries did. I mean, France was like a subject country, but it wasn't overrun. Britain right. uh, was attacked but never overrun. Right. But the, the Czechs and the Austrians, they, they were under the boot, and they don't want that anymore. They'll
1: fight. They don't want to lose their military force, and they also are going to have you to ask me the toughest question you can ask anyone you've never thought you got an answer for dealing with safety security and whatever but ask me one or more questions you want to ask that you thought what's going to happen in 2018 and beyond with safety security what are solutions to these problems that that you searched for and others have searched for and you got maybe partial answers ask me right now and see if i can come up with something
2: well the biggest challenge that i can see is the um, it's kind of pogo comes to mind um, he, he gives a report that oh I've seen the enemy and it's us <laughs> and uh, we're uh, because we don't have many other suitable options we are generally uh, left to work with Republicans and if we can't fix how they think and how they act Uh, They're just going to take us into a disaster, maybe a little bit more slowly than would the Democrats. But uh, the Republican leadership is part of the same elite, uh, uh, just sort of Team A and Team B, Republican, Democrat. And they don't have the first inclination to want to... Keep the Constitution to, to realize that the Constitution doesn't apply to uh, Larry Pratt or Bill Deagle It applies to those working for the government They must
1: obey that law They don't want to hear that You're talking uh, that's about like, almost... the FBI and so on So uh, here's, here's my uh, take on that The first thing, the thing is we always want to blame someone else When I have a person that comes in and they call me from wherever in the world or a doctor I often have doctors that don't want to suffer their colleagues, but it's a similar thing. Uh, you're right when you say Pogo. The enemy is us. We need to be in con- contact with our congressmen and senators. We need to make sure eventually we move to what's called direct democracy, where they can make bills that are don't have pork barrel attached. They're one subject, one object, written at a grade eight level or grade eight nine level uh, that has plain English, and then can simply be voted on by the public and then passed on to our politicians to move forward in legislation. Uh, one of the problems I see, and this was railed against by Washington himself, was the idea of the party system. I think that because we have parties, not independent candidates, we don't have people independently representing the public. We have parties who try to whip people into a particular standard. For example, whether it's centrist Democrats or crazy left Democrats now because they're led by so many people far left, nobody rationally, even if you are you know, believe in some social things like a national health care plan, uh, can support some of the craziness that's going on. The same with the rhino republicans they basically not built missile defense to protect us so i put up a update to mr Coyle from the department of defense video on powerpoint and explained and sent it to the president i'll be sending it to congress on missile defense as well my video i put up on youtube and vimeo what i see happening is we need to be more active with our politicians to support goa for example and how do we get a GOA membership tell us how to do that well, I appreciate you thinking about that. Uh,
2: we almost ran the clock, and uh, we haven't mentioned that, but uh, we're an action group. And as much as money, we need people being involved, and that's a freebie. You can go to gunowners.org and sign up to get our email alerts. That's how we mobilize public opinion and focus it where it can make a difference
1: <clears throat> in the Congress. And I'll tell you, when you actually take, say, GOA, they put a nose and you've just signed up because you haven't paid any fee, you haven't become a full member yet, but you're getting notices. And you contact your senator and congressman, they amplify that number of calls by 20 to 200. And they realize there's that much force out in the public pushing a specific issue. They're not going to pull back and say, well, I don't want to deal with this. Whether it's a local our guy, Daryl Issa, here, a Republican in Southern California, or your local representative anywhere. If we, the public, are more active, our senators and congressmen are going to be responsive. Uh, The fact is, we are too passive. We simply think that we can hand it over to the, they call the, you know, like they're like a nursemaid, and they're going to nursemaid the public for the next four years. And to be honest with you, most of these people are unqualified to do the job without feedback from the public. If they don't get feedback from us, they are unqualified to do their job. And people don't know that, do they?
2: No, that's true. It, it, it's not something that we can leave to our neighbor to do. For one thing, he may not get around to it, even if we might like what he attempts to do. It's very much a numbers game. And if the politicians uh, don't see enough people being involved, they're just going to assume that uh, they can do whatever they want. It's not, an absolutely, issue.
1: it's not a voting yeah. issue, like especially 2018. Here's the big the thing. Every... Uh, the president usually loses votes. I think that if Trump places things right, uh, my predictions are he's going to pass some kind of new health care plan that'll be more affordable. There's three layers to health care: catastrophic care, everybody should be able to buy reasonably priced. Right now, with getting rid of the mandate, I know my wife, a hairdresser, couldn't get catastrophic insurance because she's barred from buying it. Number two, we need preventive care, which we talk about the academy, which is basically what we do now: we provide testing to find out before you get sick and actually intervene before you have pathology. And the third is we call direct contracting to doctors, $40 for an adult and 20. For a child without insurance, just contract to the doctors to take care of you locally, like in Topeka, Kansas, and thousands of other small groups. I think we need to start being inventive in terms of the idea that get rid of state licensure and move to a national licensure for health care for doctors and chiropractors and nurses and whatever, so they like can remove mobile. But the same thing with, uh, with our system for tracking people to overstay their visa. They don't come across the border in a fence. They just overstay their visas. 60 to 70 percent of the illegals in this country are not just Mexicans and Central Americans, or are Russians and Europeans that overstay their visas. We need to be able to track them and get them out of the country or let them apply properly to restay longer if they have a professional degree they're working on. But if they don't have a reason to be here, they need to go. And um, the problem is, these are all real simple things. They try to pretend that the problem is big, like you said with POGO, but the problem is us. If we don't stay involved, it's going to go off the rails isn't it it has
2: already been going off the rails in many many ways we've talked about some of the ways that happens and it's it's amazing how easy it is or it can be uh, because this idea that you just go uh, and use your email use your internet uh, to accomplish some of these objectives that we've been talking about it makes it sound too easy to be true but in fact, we, uh, our members are frequently telling us that when they uh, have been in contact with a member of Congress, uh, they, oh yeah, you're with Gun Owners of America. Your your emails speak uh, very loudly. Uh,
1: right, they it, it, it does. In other words, what's amazing to me is, is we don't realize we've got political muscle, and collectively we are the government. You know. Remember now, all the authority, read up to Donald Trump and the President and the Supreme Court, it's delegated authority. One people don't understand is this country, compared to any other country on earth, our authority comes from God to us, and we delegate it yeah, to sovereign. our government. We're, we sovereigns. Are sovereign. we're sovereigns, and believe it or not, we are the only country on earth that has that kind of constitution. The only previous country was the ancient state of Israel before it fell from grace by God. So, because we have delegated authority from the Creator, and we are the sovereigns, Everything that the government does is at our whim. And if we don't take authority over that, they're gonna do whatever they can because America is the most powerful nation in history. And they're gonna they're gonna turn and they're gonna turn evil. Basically. And they'll be able to claim that they're doing it in the name of the people because on
2: paper that's the way the system is supposed to work. Well, you know you it's know what up I call to it? us to make it
1: work that way. Well I'll tell you a term I use lately and I think it gets through to people. I call it the beautiful face of evil. I'm doing it for you, honey. I'm doing it for you, citizen. I do yeah. want to be your parent. I'm better than your own parents. Your kid does need to be vaccinated with toxic mercury-laced vaccines because I care for them. I, yep. care, to de- I care to destroy the neurotubulin and the dendrites in their brain. And by the way, we ran out of vaccines uh, for under three. So don't worry. The executive order by Governor Brown, who cares for your child, wants to fry his little brain with toxic vaccines. But don't worry. We're the parent. You're not. That's the same way with the government. With guns. They're not the parent. We are. We're the ones with delegated authority. We have to realize that and take action, right? Isn't it interesting
2: that a governor like Mr. Brown uh, died in the wool Democrat, uh, talks about being anti-gun, doesn't want people endangering other people with guns, and yet he's doing the very kind of thing that you have just described that puts people in great danger, and he's not held to account for it.
1: Well, As I say, uh, I appreciate GOA uh, even more than the NRA. The NRA takes the flack. GOA is actually at the center point of the issue because there's all kinds of weapons like handguns, non-lethal weapons, drones, and everything else that you guys, I'm sure, are going to bring up position papers because it's a whole new brave new world, as they say. If you aren't brave, you won't realize where we're going. And if you let the government steer it, the beautiful face of evil will drive us into the matrix. Mm. Even if we have leaders like uh, Donald Trump, because he's making missteps, and we've corrected through our congressman and senator, we'll have a world where you can have a concealed carry permit, we can have a gun, and if anybody in the theater starts shooting, just shoot them back.
2: Just shoot them back. And then the police will be there in five or ten minutes, and they
1: can help clean up the mess. Exactly, and they'll give you a pat on the back and uh, say, thank you, citizen